Live from San Diego, California, we go live to the newsroom with your host for Nick's Nerd. What up, friends? It is December 9th. Jesus Christ, I can't believe it. God, the year's almost over. How nuts is that, huh? It is almost 2021. I can't believe it. I really can't. I I just... Let's hope next year isn't a dumpster fire like uh, this past year has been, huh? How about that? Because <laughs> I don't know how much more people can take. People are losing their damn minds out there. But anyway, uh, welcome to the show if you're new. Welcome back if you're not. Thank you guys for listening. As always, like, subscribe, share, click, poke, hit, uh, up, vote, down, vote. Uh, you know all those fancy things you can do with with the show. Click a bell or hit follow. I don't know what it is on any other plat. Every platform, there's different things to press, but stars and reviews and things like that will always help and always be good but anyway let's let's get into the thick of it shall we what's going on in the video game world huh what 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 is tickling the fancy of of all of us gamers out there and uh, this weekend i i finished miles morales uh, spider-man miles morales as it's it's technically called on the playstation 4 i did not get a ps5 so it's uh, not there but I'll still leave it at a 9, you know, after my initial impressions. It it didn't change much, because I love the game. I will say this, though. It didn't hit. It didn't hit with the same gusto. It didn't hit with the same, like, emotional response. You know, it... it and... I 100%ed it, just because it's, it's kind of easy to 100%. And I... I granted, the 100% isn't a true 100%. Like, I didn't get the Platinum Trophy, but... In in essence, because you have to do New Game Plus. And I did start a New Game Plus to unlock all the abilities and suits. But, you know, I did all the unlockable, uh, all the collectibles, all the, the challenges and things like that. So, it's possible to do, um, like, a true 100%. But I did the technically 100%, which I did on the last one before the DLC. And... I almost want to go back and finally play the DLC on that last one, even though, you know, Cyberpunk comes out tomorrow, and uh, today's uh, the 9th, of course, and I haven't even installed him, uh, Immortals Phoenix Rising yet, but, you know, Miles Morales was very fun, and the story was, was surprisingly really good in in the long run. Almost plays a little too much like, like 2018 Spider-Man, not gonna lie, in terms of like certain beats, story beats are similar or the same. And overall though, it was a, a good story. Very thoughtful, very thorough, very poignant, and it, it fit the idea of it being a different Spider-Man, a, a Spider-Man for Harlem, a Spider-Man for not everybody else. And that that is driven home. And there's there's other parts of it that are just kind of like eye roll moments where it's just like really they're just forcing plot points to it to a degree and some of them were just like really really but the lack of villains compared to the last one is is somewhat glaring it is a shorter game than than 2018 and it it almost does have that feeling of like a glorified dlc which is kind of how it it seemed to be almost marketed because it's not a sequel and it's not I don't know it wasn't like a full 60 if I'm not mistaken but I could be wrong on that part but still it 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 and I don't see any DLC coming for this game anytime soon but it's 100% worth a play like hands down worth a play if you love 2018 Spider-Man you're going to love Miles Morales just I love swinging around the city I don't really fast travel in that game. It's one of the few games I do not fast travel in because I just love swinging through and doing different things and doing all all the different tricks and stuff you can do in the air. But I don't know. It it does end with like a tease for 
a potential Spider-Man 2 because a true sequel to the 2018's Marvel Spider-Man uh, it it opens the door to a possible Miles Morales 2 if, if that happens that I don't see happening as likely just because if anything it would just be Spider-Man 2 and you'd play as both Miles and Peter and it would be more overarching but all in all Miles Morales is, is a very fun game it is a very good game, and don't sleep on it, essentially. Just don't sleep on it. Just It's totally worth a play, and 100% Spider-Man 2 is coming. If Miles 2 comes, be a welcome addition. But <clears throat> that's that. Let's move on to the next. Got some news out of Universal Studios Japan. We finally have an opening day for the Super Nintendo World or uh, Super Mario World, or whatever they're calling it at Universal Studios Japan, uh, Super Nintendo World, excuse me, it will open, it's a new addition to the park, it will open on February 4th, 2021, and uh, some, some members of the press got to go and check out the new Mario Kart ride, so that is available to watch online, looks cool, and uh, they also announced that essentially... They've begun production on the U.S. version, which I hope will be a lot bigger than what um, what will what what's going on in Japan. Because obviously in Japan they have a lot less space, so hopefully they can incorporate more things in the U.S. version and maybe include more than just Mario. I know Mario's the best, but I mean you got Donkey Kong, you got Pokemon, you got a lot of stuff that can be incorporated into a world like that. It's just like everything you see from Japan is it's, it's just Mario. And it's like Nintendo has a way bigger history and, and things. And like I know they don't jerk off Mario like that in Japan. So it's like why is the whole theme Mario when it's Super Nintendo? But I guess Mario is synonymous with Nintendo. I get it. I get it. Don't get me wrong. I get it. It's just I hope they do more with the US version when it does happen. In however many years. But. Can't wait. Can't wait to see. I do want to go to Japan one day. Because I want to go to Tokyo Disney. I want to go to, to Universal Studios Japan. They all have different things. And hopefully get to do that in the future. You know it's. Uh, can't really travel this year. And, and I'm trying to save up to, to move. And things like this. So anyway. Do you guys like Big Buck Hunter? I mean, I know I do. I always loved playing it in arcades, at pizza joints, at anywhere that they had big big buck hunter set up. Like, that is something I would always love, love, love to play whenever it was set up. Well, if you got 500 bucks, you can own your own cabinet uh, via Arcade 1UP. They are selling big buck world... Uh, Big Buck World in a four-game cabinet. And it is... So, Arcade 1UP also makes X-Men cabinets, Miss Pac-Man. Uh, they also did a digital pin table. Uh, pinball table, I should say. But this one is Big Buck World. And it comes with Big Buck Hunter Pro. Big Buck Hunter... What is that? The Big Buck Safari, Big Buck Hunter Pro Open Season, and Big Buck Safari Outback. And it will release uh, starting next year in January. They also have a Pro Cabinet, which is a little bit different. And the regular one is under $500. The, the Pro Cabinet is, is $550. You can get that through Best Buy. But it comes with the light guns. It is a full arcade cabinet, essentially. And you are ready to go at any time. And honestly... If I had the money and the space, I would buy this bad boy. Like, no joke. 100% I am buying... I would buy Big Buck Hunter. Hands down. Like, I, no question. 100% would buy that. So if you guys got the money, and you got the space, and you love Big Buck Hunter, that's the thing you want to buy this year. Or next year, I should say. Totally next year. Well, uh, you know, I went on a big rant about scalpers a couple weeks ago. And they're finally getting their comeuppance. You know, someone, some scalper group got like 3,500 PlayStation 5s. 
another group got about a thousand Xbox Series X's, but but those fuckers got caught. Uh, the UK retailer Very has canceled about a thousand Xbox Series X pre-orders that a scalper ring had placed. Uh, this is per Eurogamer, and uh, quote a very well-known online retailer. Uh, this scalping ring was charging. Apparently, people thirty bucks a month, thirty pounds a month, on how to turn a profit, and uh, also via Sky News, Very said the Series X and PlayStation Five consoles listed on its website on Sunday were actually not for sale, and people made place uh, were able, so quote as a result of a technical error, some people were able to place orders for PS Five and Xbox Series X consoles for a short time on Sunday. However, these items are not on sale and affected customers have received notice that the orders have been canceled. We apologize for the confusion caused, unquote. But it was mainly, I guess, to trick people because some people who even bought just one console were were canceled. And I, I don't know what they're doing, but it was essentially mainly to stop a scalper ring. And people, look, don't get me wrong, I love my Series X. And I'm very happy with it. It's very fast. It's very intuitive. And it, the lack of wait time, load times alone is worth it. But, but, no new console is worth paying double the price for. No. Full stop. I don't care who you are. I don't care what you do. Do not, do not pay anything above retail price and tax for a PS5 or a Series X. Just do not. You're you're only playing yourself if you do that. You're only like you you you're pissed that you couldn't get one, so you're gonna go to some jerk off who's gonna make profit off of you to 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 buy it through them. Like nah, dude, you're playing yourself. You're you're giving away money because you can't wait. It's not worth it, dude. It's just not. It is not. And I am a big gamer, and I love new tech, and I love new consoles. It is not worth it to go out and pay that extra money. It's just not, people. It is not. Please, please listen to me. It's just not. Okay? And you'll 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 realize that. Nothing is worth that. Unless it's like your life or some shit. <laughs> but like not a video game console. Just don't overpay and don't let scalpers win. You don't like paying extra for for concert tickets. Don't pay extra for for consoles, people. Come on. I get buying things on the aftermarket after the fact when they've gone up in value. Just not not because you can't wait a couple weeks, a month, or some shit. And it's because of those fucks that you have to wait. So you're letting them win when you do that. So don't. Just don't overpay. That's all I'm going to say. That's all I'm going to say. All I'm going to say. But uh, do you guys like playing PlayStation 2 games? And do you not have a PS5 or anything with, with PlayStation backwards compatibility? Well, if you have a Series S, you can. A YouTuber Modern Vintage Gamer uh, enabled developer mode on his Xbox Series S and was able to boot emulators on there for PS2, Dreamcast, GameCube, and Wii games. And was able to get quite a number of PlayStation 2 games running, including God of War, Metal Gear Solid 2, Silent Hill 2, and a whole bunch more. It's not official. You can watch it online. But you should be able to do it on the Series X as well. But if you enable developer mode, you can download emulators and play some of your favorite old games. With... Which is just hilarious that you can do that on a Xbox. I mean, they're practically PCs. Modern modern consoles are practically PCs, so it makes sense. But hey, you can play PS2 games on your Xbox Series S or X, possibly. That's funny. That's really funny. Anyway, uh, CES is coming up in January. Consumer Electronics Show. Obviously, it's going to be very different than in years past, but. AMD has announced they will be holding a keynote on January 12th, a digital one for that matter, where they will be announcing uh, a slew of new products, including 
more GPUs. I mean, they've already just announced all their newest GPUs. Uh, granted, those are their high-end ones to compete with the, the, the 30 series over at NVIDIA. Uh, but they will be announcing more CPUs and GPUs in January. Uh, more than likely, they'll be announcing their, their, their mid-range GPUs. Uh, so that way you don't have to shell out, you know, a thousand bucks for for the top of the line AMD that you, you I mean, you need. No, I'm kidding. No, I mean, you don't need the top of the line ones. It's it's just if you're good just with a mid-cycle refresh and you're good playing things that aren't on their highest fidelity, you don't need the super duper high expensive, uh, you know, graphics card. But expect those to be announced in January uh, as AMD has a keynote at the Consumer Electronics Show. And uh, PAX, Penny Arcade Expo, has set tentative dates for next year's conferences, uh, if in-person conferences can be held, of course. They've announced that PAX East will be held in June, between the 3rd and the 6th of June. PAX West will be held September 3rd through 6th. There will be no PAX South this year or next year. Instead, they're going to wait till 2022. PAX Australia, uh, look out for more information to come. And then uh, PAX Unplugged will be held next year. I think they're still working out the dates. Uh, no word yet on if, again, it all depends on how things go in the next few months to see if that will be an in-person event or if it will be an online event like this year. Fingers crossed. Fingers crossed. Anyway, uh, also announced, Oscar Isaac has been cast, or is at least attached to star, in the Metal Gear Solid movie being directed by Jordan Vote roberts And it will tell the story, though, of Solid Snake, so the younger Snake, not the one that was in the most recent uh, Metal Gear Solid 5, which is, that's... Um, there's a whole lot of snakes. <laughs> um, who? It, which snake is that? I think that's Liquid Snake. No. Liquid Snake is... Hold on. Metal Gear Solid 5. Phantom Pain. Stars. Let's see. Has they got... Uh, Actually, that's not even regular Snake. That's like a set... If you've played Metal Gear Solid Five, you know that there's like a billion diff different snakes. Um, that's Naked Snake, who is the character technically in Metal Gear Solid Five. Um, I mean, there's so many of them. And technically, you're you're naked snake, but then you're also venom snake because you know you're not technically snake. It, it's it's a weird. I'm not even gonna go into the whole like weird, strange thing that <laughs> that that is because that's just a whole mess of 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 everything and yeah that's a that's a mess we're not gonna get into though <laughs> anyway the um anyway Oscar Isaac will be playing Solid Snake who if you ask me is the best possible person to to do that. Honestly, I love straight up love Oscar Isaac. He's a great 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 actor and I cannot wait to see what he does with that role cuz he god, he's great. He really is. But uh, a couple of stories we're going to talk about. So there has been another big shakeup over at BioWare. They've had a lot the last couple of years, but Casey Hudson, the general manager, and Mark Dara, the executive producer on the upcoming Dragon Age game, even, uh, have both left the company. 
all of their current projects will be unaffected, which means Anthem Next, Dragon Age 4, and Mass Effect Legendary Edition remasters. Uh, they're going to keep going as planned. No changes. Uh, Samantha Ryan is going to continue in her role. Christian Daly, who came from Blizzard, will now lead the Dragon Age project as executive producer. And Mike Gamble will continue to lead the Mass Effect team. This is all per Bioware and EA. And this is the second time Casey Hudson has left. I don't know if you guys know this. He left in 2014, went to Microsoft, and then left Microsoft in 2017. And... Yeah, that's really weird. The chief studio officer of EA said, quote, They will always be an important part of the studio's history. We appreciate their many contributions, and we look forward to seeing what they'll each do next. Yeah, uh-huh, sure. Anyway, Casey Hudson said, quote, It's not an easy decision to make, and big changes like this always come with a certain degree of sadness. I will miss being able to work every day with our inspiring developers on the biggest and most exciting projects I can imagine. But I also know that this is a good time for a change for both myself and Bioware, unquote. Quote, it's profound and humbling to look back on a decades-long career and think about the things we've achieved together. It's hard to make the decision to move on, but I'm excited about what's next for all of us. Uh, end quote. Um, Mark Dara then went on to say, quote, this has been a very difficult decision for me. The team of amazing developers on Dragon Age make my life fuller and better. They have taught me so much, but the strength of the team is also what makes this possible. I know that Dragon Age won't just survive without me, it will thrive, unquote. Which is very interesting, because we're supposed to get Dragon Age 4 news tomorrow at the Game Awards. <laughs> interesting timing, for sure. And I wonder what this means for the company. And Casey Hudson, I don't know if you guys know, but Casey Hudson was like the brains behind Mass Effect. And him leaving is a big blow. And I just hope that it doesn't affect, uh, it doesn't affect whatever the next Mass Effect is. We don't have to worry about the remasters because those games are, are already good. As long as they don't fuck them up like with weird conversion or whatever, then, then we're good. But it, it just, I hope Mass Effect doesn't suffer from this. And I hope whatever Anthem Next turns out to be doesn't suffer either, because Bioware needs some wins coming up. They've had a lot of big hits lately, and it's just, it's just another blow that they don't need. But who knows? Who knows what will happen? But what I'm not surprised at in a counter story to this, and I've contributed to this, Call of Duty alone has made $3 billion for Activision. Yes, you heard that right. Call of Duty by itself over the last 12 months has earned $3 billion. And that's including the launch of Black Ops Cold War. Cold War. Cold War. <laughs> and that's crazy. This is net bookings. Uh, and per Activision, quote, are an operating metric that is defined as the net amount of products and services sold digitally or sold in physically in the period and includes license fees, merchandise, and publisher incentives, among others, and is equal to net revenues excluding the impact from deferrals, unquote. That's 80% year over year, with units sold through increasing by 40%, and that over 200 million people have played a game in, call, in the Call of Duty franchise in 2020. I'm going to venture out and say most of those are Warzone. I'm not going to lie, I contributed a lot. In the last 12 months, I bought Call of Duty Modern Warfare. I spent a lot of money on battle passes in, in Call of Duty. I bought World at War. I'm probably going to keep buying battle passes as long as me and my friends keep playing Warzone and stuff. I've definitely contributed. And I like battle passes a lot more than I like loot boxes. Because you know what you're getting with battle passes. Yes, it's not great. Yes, it's not ideal, but at least you know what your money's going towards, and it, it offers some incentive. But at the same time, I'm sure people spent a lot more money than me buying packs and things like that because they didn't pay for Warzone. So to them, it's not 60 bucks plus blah, 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 blah. It's just they're just spending the, the money on the coins or the battle passes or things like that. 
because they didn't pay for the game. So it, it incentivizes those people more, which I can see why it made so much money on Warzone. Warzone became the biggest battle royale, I think, next to Fortnite this year. Fuck Fortnite. And and Warzone was fun. I spent a lot of time playing Warzone this year, and, and it's been a long time since me and friends did stuff like that. And of course, it helped that crossplay is now a thing. So that that was that was a big part a big part of it for sure. But a three billion dollars. Three billion dollars with a B. Holy shit. That's nuts, man. That's crazy. But people aren't going to the movies, so they fill it with another thing. Um, but but that's it for video games this week. Um, not a whole lot going on. It's December. We'll talk about Cyberpunk next week for sure, though. Cyberpunk will, of course, be our top story next week. But with that, let's move on into the TV world, see what's going on in, in TV land. TV world and... Um, Discovery Plus. I'm sure a lot of you are wondering, Nick, what's Discovery Plus? Discovery Plus is a new streaming service. Yes, there's a new streaming service. What happened at streaming was supposed to be cheaper than cable. Now it's superseding cable because to have everything, you got to pay more than cable now, I think, at this point. Ridiculous, man. Discovery Plus? What? What is going on, man? Discovery Plus will... Launch next year, and it will all fall under the Discovery Inc. umbrella, obviously. So the Discovery Channel, uh, HGTV will be on there, the Food Network, the History Channel, TLC. Is the Learning Channel even learning anymore? Do they even do things like that? It will launch January 4th for 5 bucks a month, so it's inexpensive. And uh, hopefully a global rollout later in the year. Uh, UK, Ireland, India, and the Nordics, Italy, and the Netherlands will come first. And you'll have more than uh, 55,000 episodes and more original series at launch than any other streaming service, I, I guess, according to the president of Discovery, uh, David Zaslav. And he said that they're, the difference between them and the other ones is it's all unscripted television, which makes sense because, you know, it's documentary programs on Discovery and History Channel. It's It's home improvement programs on HGTV. The Learning Channel is all just reality shows at this point. So in the Food Network, it's not scripted. It's all competition shows or cooking shows. So I, I get that they're different than some of the other places. Uh, and this is a quote from him, um, David Zaslav. With Discovery, we are seizing the global opportunity to be the world's definitive product for unscripted storytelling, providing households and mobile consumers a distinct, clear, and differentiated offering across valuable and enduring lifestyle and real-life verticals. We believe Discovery is the perfect complement to every streaming portfolio, and we couldn't be more excited to partner with Verizon to bring this incredible content to their customer base. Ooh, does that mean it'll be free? Oh, with select plans. But uh, they did promise over a thousand hours of unique content in their first year. That's a lot of hours. And Kevin Hart will be getting a show called Route 66. And quote, Route 66 features Kevin Hart hitting the road, going along America's famous Route 66 to see what's going on with America. He will visit people and places and bring along friends in an exploration of the U.S. heartland from Chicago to L.A. Well, you gotta pull people in with your big names right away. Now, if you keep them, is another story. So keep that in mind. Discovery Plus, five bucks a month, launches next month in January, or next year, I should say. And a bit of a sad news here for TV. The DuckTales revival will come to an end in 2021. Uh, the show will debut its final episode sometime in the next year ending with its third season, which means it didn't really last much longer than the original DuckTales did. And let me see. I don't know how to spell DuckTales, apparently. Uh, the original had four seasons, 100 episodes, and the new one is already up to 65 episodes, so they probably won't get close to the 100, so they will not surpass 
the original, excuse me there, but if they put out quality content nonetheless. I've watched a few episodes. I very, very, very much enjoyed them. Uh, they are quite funny. And there was an episode recently where they feed ducks. So regular ducks exist in DuckTales. My brain is broken from looking at that. But uh, DuckTales will end sometime next year. No official end date has been announced, but more than likely at the end of the spring. Um, over on the HBO Max side, we got our first look at concept art for the new House of the Dragon Game of Thrones spinoff show. And essentially all it is, is is a reworking of the house sigil. And then two concept art pieces for dragons. Since this is going to be focusing on House Targaryen. And the fact that they rode dragons is it is a prequel show. Um, one of them is a red dragon. And one of them is like a black and red dragon that almost has a Drogon feel. Uh, if you guys remember from watching Game of Thrones, these dragons never got to be full size. So they, they did not come close to the size of, of Drogon or, or anything like that, like uh, Daenerys' dragons did, as those were some of the biggest dragons in, in centuries. But House of the Dragon is expected to, I think, start filming next year. So I don't think that will premiere on HBO or HBO Max until at least 2022. But we'll see what happens with that show. Um, I'm very excited. I'm, I'm a big fan of Game of Thrones. As you guys know, I liked the final season. I talked about it on this show. But I can't wait to see what they do with the spinoff prequel, uh, House of Dragon, that focuses on Targaryens a few hundred years before you know, the, the events of the, the books in the series. So it'll be interesting to see how that works. Uh, hopping over to Disney+, Plus, we got our first look at the Hawkeye show, uh, as well as it's added some cast members. Uh, Florence Pugh, who, I don't know if you guys know this, she's playing Yelena in the Black Widow movie. So it looks like they're setting up Hawkeye as a sequel to Black Widow, in a sense. Uh, and people think she's going to take over as Black Widow. Uh, Vera Farmiga has also joined the cast, and uh, we all know that Haley Steinfeld is playing Kate Bishop, the new Hawkeye. We also got some of our first set photos, and it is shaping up to look really good based off what we've seen. And uh, I think Hawkeye is supposed to premiere late in 2021 on the streaming platform, as they only just started filming recently, so... I mean, it, 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 the shot of them was walking down into the subway and getting on a, on a train. So, <laughs> not a lot to go off there, but more pictures have come out. We'll talk about those next week. But I'm excited to see where the Hawkeye show, go, Hawkeye show goes as they are expanding the franchise. I'm it, Honestly, it is looking like there were a lot of rumors that it, they might do Young Avengers next. And honestly, it's kind of looking that way. <laughs> but we'll see... We'll see how the MCU plays out in the next few years as Phase 4 starts to get underway. Also, over at Amazon, they have added 20, count them, 20 people to the cast of their Lord of the Rings show. Uh, including some, some bigger names. It uh, starts with uh, Cynthia Dye Robinson, who you might know from the Spartacus show, as well as playing... Uh, uh, why can't I think of her name? Amanda Waller in Arrowverse. Uh, they've added an, uh, another actor named Maxim Baldry, Ian Blackburn, Kip Chapman, Anthony Crum, Maxine Cunliffe, Tristan Gravel, Lenny Henry, Thusitha Jaya Sundera, Fabian McCallum, oh, this is everyone that's in it, Simon Merrills, Jeff Morrill, Peter Mullen, Lloyd Owen, Augustus Pru, Peter Tate, Alex Tarrant, Leon Wadham, Benjamin Walker, Sarah Zwangobani, oh, that guy I already said, Robert Aramayo, Joseph Moll, Charlie Vickers, I've, these people, some of these have already been cast, Naz, Nazanin Boniadi, Dylan Smith, Emma Horvath, Ismail Cruz Cordova. 
Sophia Namvetti, Markella Cavanaugh, Megan Richards, Morfid Clark, who's playing young Galadriel, if I'm not if I'm remembering correctly, Tom Budge, Tyro Muffadine, Owen Owain Arthur, and Daniel Wayman. Uh, they haven't said who is playing who or anything like that. I don't even know. Did they even start filming this show? This show's getting wild and bigger, and I'm all for it. Unfortunately, it's not connected to the New Line Cinema films uh, that Warner Brothers produced. So, no Gandalf. But no no worries, no worries. Um, also on Amazon, we got news about the new... Uh, more casting news for Invincible, the new Robert Kirkman animated superhero show that's coming uh, to Amazon Prime. But John Hamm, Mahershala Ali, and Ezra Miller have all joined the hour-long uh, animated adult superhero show, uh, Invincible, based off the Robert Kirkman graphic novel. Uh, Robert Kirkman also created The Walking Dead. So, got some good chops behind that show. And John Hamm and Mahershala Ali are big, big, big wins for this show, on top of an already announced great cast. So to see them, to hear them joining the show will be a good good thing, and it will help people familiar, familiarize themselves with characters because they'll be listening to recognizable voices. And before we talk about movies... So last week I said The Mandalorian had one of its best episodes ever. Well, they went ahead and outdid themselves, and hands down, the best episode of The Mandalorian was last week. And it's all because a certain bounty hunter has returned. We make it to Tython in the episode, which I'm a little shocked by, because usually they don't get where they're going till the end in this show. <laughs> um... But we make it to Tython, we make it to the, the Seeing Stone, or wherever Ahsoka told Grogu and, and Mando to go. And uh, while Grogu is kind of sitting there meditating, a ship flies in. A ship very familiar to Star Wars fans. Slave fucking one. Yeah, that's right, Slave one. And guess who gets off that ship? A one Boba Fett. That is correct. Boba Fett, who was teased at the end of the first episode, returns in this past week's episode on Slave One with Fennec Shand, uh, the character played by Ming-Na Wen from Season 1, confirming that he was the one who found her in the desert. And it's all because he wants his armor. And he's willing to help Mando. To get his armor back. And seeing him in his armor again is honestly oh, it's so fucking glorious. And then he's a fucking badass with a gaffy stick. Doesn't even use guns. He just, because stormtroopers show up, obviously. Because the tracker that was on the Razor Crest. And he obliterates stormtroopers. And, but it, oh, it's so good. But, of course, with the Empire showing up, this is all happening while Grogu, you know, is meditating and he's got this weird blue force thing around him. And it looks like he's almost about to teleport away because there's this cone that's focusing on him. And I was watching some breakdowns and there's actually a second figure that you see with Grogu at some point that then disappears. But, you know, the Empire shows up, obviously, messes all that up. And uh, we can honestly say goodbye to one of the dumbest fucking ships in Star Wars. The Razor Crest gets destroyed. Spoilers, Mando's ship is destroyed. So, looks like we're going to be hanging out with Boba for the rest of the season. And I'm all fucking for it. That is damn sure I am all for that. I am all for hanging out with Boba. Because Boba uses, when he gets his armor back, he uses everything. The knee rockets that have always been hinted at. He uses his fucking jetpack rocket launcher to blow up the, the, the landing ships, which are really fucking stupid and look a lot like the stupid things they invented for The Force Awakens. Ugh, so frustrating. The, the ship design has gotten so lazy. Um, 
But then, just as we think our heroes are going to get away on Slave 1, the Dark Troopers are launched. And the Dark Troopers take Grogu. And... I oh God, I wish we got more with the Dark Troopers, but they were pretty sick. Moff Gideon shows up, obviously, on his Arquitans class cruiser. Watching Slave 1 fly up and then seeing that, that cruiser in the clouds. I wish, I wish it was a Star Destroyer. Because that would have been fucking perfect if it was. But, oh gosh. Boba Fett being back is more important than ever. I'm so happy. And then we also get confirmation that Boba is in fact a Mandalorian. You know, it had been teased in the Clone Wars that he wasn't. And Dave Filoni and George had kind of hinted at that maybe he wasn't really a Mandalorian anymore. But it is confirmed that uh, he is a Mandalorian. Uh, Django was a foundling. Uh, it hints at Jaster Mareel, Django's mas uh, uh, master mentor, which is an old Legends cut. It confirms that Django was born on Concord Dawn. Again, an old Legends cut, an old expanded universe. And that his armor really is Beskar. It is not Durasteel. It is Beskar. It is man true Mandalorian armor. And Django Fett is a foundling Mandalorian. Which puts so many of my concerns to rest. And my only thing is that Boba hopefully gets like a real awesome setup for his armor. And he doesn't wear it over that weird black cloak thing that he was wearing. But... Boba's a Mandalorian, thank fucking God, and he is alive, and that's all that fucking matters, and Boba Fett is a badass again. Oh, sweet Jesus, thank you. Thank you, thank you, thank you. This is just... Thank you, Dave Filoni. Thank you, John Favreau. I cannot wait to see what goes on. It looks like Bill Burr might be back soon, which I'm okay with as well. I think there's only two episodes left, and... Whew. We're getting we're getting there, folks. We are getting there. They're, the episodes are so short, though, and that's what sucks, man. That is what sucks the most. But we have an episode this week, and then an episode uh, uh, next week. Yeah, so there's only two more episodes left, and it looks like Bill Burr will be back, which I'm kind of surprised by. But, ooh, it's going to be good. It's going to be so good. I hope there's just awesome Boba Fett stuff with the Mando. That's all I care about. And just don't kill Boba Fett. That's the other thing I ask. Just don't kill Boba Fett. Jesus God, please don't. But I'm excited. The Mandalorian had its best fucking episode ever. We got rid of a stupid ship. We got the Dark Troopers. We got Boba fucking Fett. I want to see what other Jedi possibly show up. And... Ooh. Firing on all cylinders, dude. Dark Troopers, everything. Grogu using his Force powers. I am all in. Final two episodes are going to go out with a fucking bang, if you ask me. And I am stoked. Stoked on life. But that was The Mandalorian this week. Let's uh, let's talk about movies here. Not a whole lot to talk about this week. Um, got confirmation that Sonic 2 will start filming next year. But... Uh, biggest news of the week is Wonder Woman is now confirmed to be streaming in 4K. It will be the first movie to do so. First anything to do so on HBO Max. Uh, and remember, that's Christmas Day. But, and uh, luckily early reviews are, or early previews are in and people are loving it. Saying it's the thing we need this year in 2020. So I'm, I'm stoked on that because the first movie was great. But, Warner Brothers has announced... That along with Wonder Woman coming on Christmas Day, in 2021, all 17 of its theatrically released movies will also be released on HBO Max for a one-month exclusivity window. So everyone in the U.S. with HBO Max will be able to watch at home every new Warner Brothers release next year. If the theaters... So... You can go to the theater and watch if the theaters are open around you. Or you can be at home and watch them on HBO Max, because I know a lot of people would probably prefer that next year. Um, I, for one, can't wait to get my ass in a theater. I've just kind of been avoiding it for a lot of reasons. But 
I I'm more hopeful for 2021. And and I'm not kidding when I say every release. This includes Godzilla vs Kong, The Suicide Squad, The Conjuring, Dune, Matrix 4, The Little Things, The Many Saints of Newark, Mortal Kombat, Judas and the Black Messiah, King Richmond, King Richard, excuse me, Reminiscence, In the Heights, Those Who Wish Me Dead, Tom and Jerry, Malignant, Space Jam A New Legacy, everything, everything, Mortal Kombat, Dune is a big one, obviously, and uh, per Warner Brothers, they said, and they put out a trailer already, as a strategic response to the impact of the ongoing global pandemic, particularly in the U.S., uh, they did this, and it says, quote, with all customary distribution windows applying to the title, unquote. So like I said, they'll still be coming in the theaters. They'll still be coming in in the at home as well, but just for one month. So after one month, it's gone. It's off HBO Max. You can only watch it in theaters until it's back out on home release. Uh, but another quote, we're living in unprecedented times which call for creative solutions, including this new initiative for the Warner Brothers Pictures Group. No one wants films back on the big screen more than we do. We know new content is the lifeblood of theatrical exhibition, but we have to balance this with the reality that most theaters in the U.S. will likely not will likely operate at reduced capacity throughout 2021. With this unique one-year plan, we can support our partners in exhibition with a steady pipeline of world-class films, while also giving moviegoers who may not have access to theaters who aren't quite ready to go back to the movies the chance to see our amazing 2021 films. We see it as a win-win for film lovers and exhibitors, and we're extremely grateful to our filmmaking partners for working with us on this innovative response to these circumstances. This hybrid exhibition model enables us to best support our films, creative partners, and moviegoers, moviegoing in general throughout 2021. We have a fantastic wide-ranging slate of titles from talented and visionary filmmakers next year, and we're excited to be able to get these movies in front of audiences around the world. And, as always, we'll support all of our releases with innovative and robust marketing campaigns for their theatrical debuts, while highlighting this unique opportunity to see our films domestically via HBO Max as well. End quote. Uh, this has already caused some problems, because Legendary Pictures, who financed Godzilla vs. Kong and Dune, are not super happy, because, you know, they paid for the films, and now they're not going to get as much of a cut because they're not going to be in theaters. So they're looking at options to uh, legally and non-legally to try and rectify the issue. Uh, but this is pretty fucking nuts, dude. This is game-changing, and I hope it's not permanent. I really hope it's not permanent. Um, but uh, here are the full release dates as of now. So after Wonder Woman... The Little Things, January 29th, Tom and Jerry, March 5th, The Many Saints of Newark, March 12th, Reminiscence, April 16th, Godzilla vs. Kong, May 21st, The Conjuring, The Devil Made Me Do It, June 4th, In the Heights, June 18th, Space Jam, A New Legacy, July 16th, The Suicide Squad, August 6th, Dune, October 1st, King Richard, November 19th, The Matrix, Matrix 4, December 22nd, Cry Macho, Malignant, Those Who Wish Me Dead, Mortal Kombat, and Judas and the Black Messiah all have dates to be determined. Obviously, these are not set in stone and could always change. Uh, so be on the lookout for HBO Max if you have it, or if you don't, I'm sure this will drive up HBO Max subscriptions, though, if people don't already have them. And of course, we already have a response some, from some of the nation's biggest theater chains, including AMC, and AMC is not happy. Uh, per The Hollywood Reporter, CEO Adam Aaron said this, Clearly, Warner Media intends to sacrifice a considerable portion of the profitability of its movie studio division and that of its production partners and filmmakers to subsidize its HBO Max startup. As for AMC, we will do all in our power to ensure that Warner does not do so at our expense. We will aggressively pursue economic terms that preserve our business. Uh, they said they're already in, quote, immediate and urgent dialogue with Warner Brothers about it. And, uh, yeah, AMC, 
I get it. You're struggling, and I don't want a theater chain to close because I love going to the theaters. But people are pretty freaked out, and people don't want to go to the fucking movie theaters right now, dude. For obvious reasons. And unless everyone starts taking that shot, I don't see people going to the theaters in mass for at least a year. A lot of people ain't fucking with theaters for a while. I don't blame them. I want to go back. But movie theaters are going to change, folks. But you know what? So the movie industry has to change with it. But hopefully it doesn't stay like this permanently, like I said. Because if it does, big budget tentpole films might go away. Because they want to get a return on their investment. No producer is going to pony up a bunch of cash if they're not going to make their money back. And that's the key here. They need to make their money back. That's how Hollywood works. It's how it's always been. I just hope that at home is not a permanent solution because not everyone has, and I've said this time and time and time and time again, unless you have a perfect home setup, it's just not the same. It's just not the same. But with that, that is the end of this week's Nixner News. Thank you guys for checking in. Of course, I am your host, Nick. As always, I love to rant and rave and go on tangents that you guys don't really care about. <laughs> um, but I thank you guys for listening week after week. Uh, also, as always, check out nixnerdnews.com where you can listen to the show right in your browser. Or if you like to listen on the go instead, you can find links to our Spotify, Google Play, and Apple podcast pages. While you're there, why don't you like, subscribe, share, review, rate, do all those fancy fun things. Also, while you're at nixnerdnews.com, why don't you click on our social tab. You can find links to our Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram pages. We post a lot of funny memes for your enjoyment. Uh, that way you can subscribe to us on all our social media channels. If not, you know you can see them in all in one handy-dandy place right there on the website. Uh, thanks again, and I will catch you guys on the flip side.